0: Hey, guys, Montel here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And I am so excited about having the guest on that we have today. Most of you will know my guest from uh, really today from his starting, starring role in the long-running series The Walking Dead. His character on the show, Jerry Bring some much-needed comic relief to the Zombie Apocalypse series. When he's not on the set, you're likely to find him at a fan convention passing out one of his favorite things that he makes himself, his favorite cobbler. Cooper Andrews, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being a part of Let's Be Blot with Montel today, sir.
1: Oh, thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. Look, this is really kind of crazy, man. We'll go back a little bit. Let's go back in time. Tell me where you grew up at and and, uh, how you got your start. Let's start. Where'd you grow up at?
1: Yeah, uh, I, was, I was born in Long Island, uh, New York. And then uh, my mom, she is a, uh, she's a pension actuary. So she moved down the East Coast. So I lived in Jersey till I was nine. Then Maryland, Towson, Maryland till I was two. And then uh, Atlanta, Georgia for pretty much the rest of it, unless I had to go work somewhere. But yeah, I like to think of myself as a Southerner.
0: Wow. I was a, I'm a Maryland boy. I'm from Baltimore originally. So we have a little bit in common there. But uh, yeah. you, have, you have a really, uh, the, your background is so interesting to me, especially your lineage. You're, you are Samoan and, and, um, Jewish, yeah. and Jewish, which is really kind of a unique pair pairing, right?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, my mom was in the Peace Corps. Um, and when, so when she was 22, 23, they, uh, they had her go to Samoa. And that's where she met my dad. And then <laughs> a year later, she came back and um, I was the souvenir.
0: <laughs> well there you go good swimming here though you were yeah. raised jewish
1: yes yes
0: Is there, are you practicing now or
1: yeah know? i mean it's i i as much as i i like to thank a lot of my uh my friends uh my friends that i have so we we celebrate the high holidays and um we'll do uh you know we'll do passover dinners and, and stuff like that but i don't go to shul every weekend
0: no, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, it's very interesting is I, I just, I can't imagine you going into a synagogue and people going, huh? I mean, you, I mean, you do, you favor being more Samoan. So yes, yes. yeah, a, a big, big guy, my friend. Yes. <laughs> um, You know, uh, I, I found something else interesting about your background. Uh, your mom started you kind of dabbling in the martial arts when you were age three. Is that right? Yes. yes. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, she was, uh, my mom was afraid that, um, how can I say this not in a weird way. My, so my dad, when he was younger, he was, he, uh, he drank. And so he'd be, uh, he would get abusive sometimes and she was afraid I would have, uh, that, that anger streak, um, mm. that he had. At, uh, so she wanted to put me in martial arts early to help, you know, if I had any temper issues, just how to, you know, control it and how to focus and stuff. And, uh,
0: and so that did it, uh, calm me down a bit, right? I mean, right? It you does. Just,
1: it does. You know, and and what, sometimes it just feels good to punch a bag, and other times it just feels good to just, just sort of push everything out and just, uh, uh, you know, just clear your head. Um, so the martial arts, the uh, has always helped with that throughout the years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things, especially when you know you're a big guy like you. I mean, most of the time people feel like they have to challenge big guys like you, but I think that. You know, knowing that you have martial arts skills behind that size makes you a little bit more reticent to say, dude, back off, right?
1: I I I I wish that was the way. Um uh, <laughs> when you get into the, uh I was a I was a bartender and a bouncer um uh um early twenties and and uh there'd always be someone who goes, you know what, I could beat you up. I'm
0: like <laughs> <laughs> hi. Why? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they wake up to reality that they just got their ass whipped while they land on the ground, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it'd be usually from someone hearing that and defending me. So I've had friends yeah. who are smaller and they would just jump on somebody uh, <laughs> for that kind of talk. So it's it really nice to be supported.
0: <laughs> now, you know, you you didn't grow up thinking that you wanted to be in this field of being an actor in the entertainment field. Um, you know, what, what got you, what led you down the path of uh, working in entertainment?
1: Uh I you know I I wanted to do starting in high school I guess um I want to do uh stunts and fight choreography and fight coordinating and um and so I, I you know I've, I've learned different weapons throughout the years and you know still practice and I just want to be able to sort of tell a story uh through these movements and through these uh you know just through two people interacting you know it, you know in a destructive way but also just makes it fun cuz when I watch a movie I like to be I like my belief to be completely suspended. Um, I don't want, so I, I mean, I love, I love all movies, but the ones I like to be a part of are the ones that take me out of uh, reality.
0: Um, you must have been being a martial arts fan. You've got to be a huge fan of uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, John Wick, right? Oh I mean, yeah. I think they created a whole new style. They call that gun didn't they? Uh,
1: I think gun was actually uh, um, uh, Christian Bale in equilibrium. Um, ah, okay. And it had this thing where he would like shoot from here, and then he would have all these different poses, and uh, and the idea was like how to shoot the most people while being the smallest target. Right. Uh, and John Wick was—they might be calling that for John Wick as well. The just that style of just everyone yeah.
0: walking. Through. No, no, not only that, but I really I mean, when you you know I, I probably catch myself watching John Wick. Oh man, each one of them, you know, three or four times each. And, you know, if you, you watched it from number one to number three, his progression in his ability to turn a gun into a move that was a martial arts move at the same time that he's pulling the trigger, at the same time that he's taking the gun apart, yeah. I, I that's that's really, that, that's a step in the right direction, I think, for, you know, wowing people, right?
1: Oh, I love it. I love that stuff. Because, it, 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 you know, you get to, the, the thing I always liked about fights and uh, in, in stunts was just collateral damage um, was just every unnecessary thing getting destroyed just because they could. And uh, you know, when you have your weapon and then it then it itself becomes this thing where it's like, all right, we're gonna take it apart and I'm gonna, you know, use every part of it as a weapon is is super fun. Absolutely uh, and creative. You know, it's super- yeah, especially getting to use your body,
0: every single part of your body as a weapon, also, right?
1: Oh yeah. It's just always, you know, I, I like that it's always if they got him, he's like like hit him with his head, find the <laughs> quickest thing to like Stick yeah.
0: something into somebody. Oh, that has got to be so much fun. So now, so you started off in high school working in, you did a whole bunch of independent films by yourself, right? Little films for yourself and some friends. Yeah,
1: with, with friends, everything. Uh, and That's why I like Atlanta. Everything was, uh, you know, making movies with friends. And, you know, someone would say, hey, this guy has a camera and an idea. It's like, well, then what are we waiting for?
0: Let's go. <laughs> right. So, so, all right, so you did that in high school and then you got your foray into the entertainment community hollywood wise as a sound coordinator right as a boom operator
1: yes yes um we were during one of the indies in atlanta we were shooting this um it was supposed to be like an homage to like uh german expressionist film uh so it's this black and white uh movie about this uh witch who became a queen and uh and it's it's called Golgotha. I don't think it ever got released. I just moved the whole camera here, but mm. um, the uh the sound mixer was like, "Hey, I need s- you were just swinging a spear. Would you mind holding this stick above your head?" Uh, I was like, "Sure." And then it became a game because getting good sound, you know, and that's the biggest thing that takes us out of uh, takes us out of movies that we don't realize is how important sound is.
0: Oh, my goodness. Unless oh, yeah. you're that thought, but I got to tell you, one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts right now is that, you know, they're producing so much content for all these streaming services. I really think somebody needs to jump in there and scream and say to these guys, remember, the sound is as important as what you shoot. Yes. Because I, 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 and, and maybe it's because of the final mix. I mean, first off, the number of times I've seen a boom in a shot, in some of these streaming uh, uh, projects, I, I it cracks me up. Um, a number of times I've seen the microphone sticking up out of a tie, it cracks me up. Yeah. But what really bothers me is like I literally have to hold a remote in my hand throughout the entire project to raise and lower the volume. You know, they, 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 they are doing really such poor mixing jobs when it comes to dialogue. And they blast the you know the engines, or they blast the gunfire, or they blast the you know. I, I know you have a, a a dog at home. I've got one at home, and I tell you, he will be calm as, as no can be. Then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, and it's like I, I didn't turn that up. You know what I mean? <laughs> does that drive you crazy?
1: It does. It really does. And I'll hear things. Um, uh, we call it like presence. So if you have a love, uh, and someone's Really far away, and then it sounds like this Hello there, how's it going? It sounds really weird to me, yeah. Um, And yeah, I'm always i'm constantly no higher, lower, and no one notices it. So, like, and yeah, you were talking about the uh, microphone getting in the shot. There'll be uh, there'll be camera, uh, camera ops whose shot is getting ruined, like they didn't like something, or something will be out of focus, so they'll actually tilt the camera up to catch the boom. Uh, so that they can redo the shot and just say the boom was in the shot. Uh, that's
0: that's Jack, man. He the boom operator, right?
1: Yeah, get thrown under the bus. It's
0: like that's every time. crazy, man. I mean, I do a lot. I'm still shooting a, a couple of shows right now myself, and you know, we we are fortunate enough that I I'm in a sound stage in a studio where I don't need to have. We don't need a boom uh, that often, but you know, when right. I go out on location, you know, in the last couple of uh, location uh, events we've been at it's like, you know, you get that 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 perfect take and all of a sudden they say, No, gotta do it again. The boom was in the shot. What are you talking about the boom was in the shot? You know, now I know there's probably a camera operator throwing you under the bus, right?
1: <laughs> and that one it might be the boom op, but it can not happen. Always I always look. I'm like, who looks guilty? <laughs> Who's looking
0: guilty? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got that look on their face? Yeah. So now when so, so you're you're operating as a as a boom operator, and then when did you get your first shot at being a principal actor in a project yourself.
1: Ooh, the, um...
0: Well, but post-high school stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, there was this, they were reshooting, um, this was back in 2006, um, and they were reshooting Revenge of the Nerds. And this was my first, they... <laughs> I'm finding a little suspect. All right, so, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So, I was... This was a it was featured it was a featured background role, um, which I had no clue. This is I, I had no clue any of this stuff, and uh, they have a trailer for me, and my name is Nitrous, and then they told me that there would be dialogue for me at the end of filming, uh, so I, the, the movie got canceled. The movie got the middle of the shooting, it, it wow. stopped, but I remember thinking later on i was like oh so the idea was they would hire me on as an actor for the last two days but then pay me as a uh as featured background uh for the rest of the time <laughs> there's a lot of lot that of things that were happening on that production wow um, so that was my first one that was 2006 then um i did <laughs> i did a coke a Coca-Cola zero commercial um uh which got me an agent uh But then I just realized I wanted to learn, like, to me, acting is, I love acting. It's a ton of fun. And I, you know, I love the experiences of it, but, um, I just wanted to know technically how everything worked. I wanted to know how like lighting and and camera and sound, and I wanted to, um, be able to figure out how all these things work together to make the big picture. I didn't, um, I wanted to be able to contribute more than just, uh, than just acting, um, or just stunts uh, when coming in, uh, when looking forward career-wise uh, for projects, I want to see uh, what I can do, what I can learn, and what I can do differently uh, to kind of help me understand a little more. So, like when mm-hmm. I was a, uh, uh, so when you learn the sound and you learn all the technical stuff, things like acting, when they're like, "Hey, I need you to, you know, you'll land here." It's like, "Oh, can I be step to your right?" Okay, step back to your left. You know, and those little things when they're like, "You step to your right." Perfect you know and you <laughs> learn these little these little tricks that just help uh that just help later on all this technical stuff i had learned helped with the acting um but there was a lot of uh there's a lot of things i want to learn uh in this you know in this industry, so uh as much as I can learn and whenever i can i'll 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 take the lessons
0: gotcha so, so what was the, after you got the the uh what was it you said um diet coke commercial after that what was your next first role next big role
1: um my so what what started getting me into things was uh the show called halt and catch fire and it was also on amc like the walking dead is and it was about uh it took place in the 80s and it was sort of about uh how computers became the way they are now mm-hmm. um our first season we're making a laptop uh season two where uh sort of working on chat rooms um and how to make that happen on um, season three i think they were we were doing um uh essentially ebay uh just people being able to buy and share and then i wasn't in season four i went over to walking dead in season four they uh um they do they just sort of complete it all and and just sort of and it goes follows these four characters but i started with that show um and it was a drama and there was some there's some amazing actors in that show. And I was just, uh, I would sit in the chairs and I would just watch the screens because now I was allowed to, you know, I was yeah. just allowed to be there um, yeah. and when I was a boom operator. It was my, I loved that position because I would always be in the room with the director. I'd always be in the room with the actors and the, and, and when they would have their, just their private rehearsals and discussions. And I would just, I would just listen and pay attention. And then when I was off of set, I would take my cans off and I would leave that boom in there because there's mm-hmm. too many stories of people walking around with their microphone and just getting in trouble. So sure. I'm like, I don't want anyone thinking that's me. <laughs>
0: right. No, so that's good. So then, so you now, I mean, were you approached by The Walking Dead to come over to that show, or how did that happen? I mean, being a part of A and E, I guess they they saw your skills and decided, hmm, this would be a great character.
1: Yeah. So on, uh um, uh, we had I had done an audition in the past for walking dead and the showrunner at the time he's now head of content uh scott gimple um he had remembered my audition from two years prior and they had written this when i read the sides for this audition uh for jerry i thought it was just uh i thought the dialogue was uh sort of like fake dialogue you know like they just give to you um and part of it was, you know, I would, instead of dealing with the tiger, like I do in the show, I was doing the, there was a dog, uh, in the, uh, in the audition. And I'm just thinking, this is my dialogue. This can't be real dialogue. It's like, I, you know, there's a line where I'm like, chill it up, best, chill it up. <laughs> and because of the dog was Santiago and the tiger is Shiva. So I actually still kept that dialogue. I'm like, am I actually talking to a tiger like that? And it was a big throw to me because such a big fan of the walking dead and this is this is a character where you know i was just like where is this guy coming from uh and it was one of those things where it was, it's one of those characters where i felt like i had to 100 percent commit to him just being able to sort of be this happy presence um mm-hmm. i didn't wanna i felt like if i didn't go full 100 percent into this person that the character might come off weird and i was afraid people were just gonna hate him i was like oh
0: But people wound up loving this character and they love you to death, my friend. Did you have you guys you guys continued to tape during COVID? Did you not?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we they uh uh we did six COVID episodes, which were extra uh kind of like backstory uh episodes. Um well, let's go um, back to that
0: for a second because when yeah. you when you started those, the Dead Night, I mean, I, I think you must have experienced a little trepidation of your own, thinking, I don't know if I want to go down to a set with all these knuckleheads and nobody's wearing a mask, and you know people aren't really behaving the way they're supposed to, or were people behaving the way they were supposed to?
1: They were. Walking Dead was amazing about this. Um, they they really were. Uh, we would so before before anyone can get on set, everyone had to do uh, three separate uh, PCR tests. Um, and then on the day we would do a PCR and a rapid test. We still do that. Um, we all wear, uh, trackers, uh, fobs and it, it's, it's, it sounds at first it sounded scary, but it was really like, so if someone had, uh, if someone had COVID, it would see who this person was hanging with and where they, where they were. And if they were, you know, and, but everyone's been keeping, um, the, the six foot distance. We mostly shoot outside, um, the but everyone wears glasses, uh, uh, and 95s, um, and just kept our distance. So everything was really safe, but it was weird because, uh, we were when we did these COVID episodes, uh, uh, me and, uh, um, uh, uh two other actors we were the first doing these, uh, doing the COVID episodes. And so it was super long lenses, and it felt like, it kind of felt a little bit like John wick in one moment where everyone will just spread out around you. So you just sort of like, as you walk forward, everyone walks back and they maintain, they keep equal distance, uh, like of a circle. So if I'm here Mm -hmm. in the middle, you know, if I'm here, everyone just keeps, (laughs) keeps (laughs) um, but it was, it was, it definitely was weird. Um, at first, but, We all love what we do. Um, and so we're just like, okay, we're gonna it's a lot of air hugs, a lot of like faraway punches, uh like fist bumps from afar. Uh and then we just uh you know, we just tried to do our best to to keep the distance. And there hasn't been any um any cases from the uh uh from set.
0: Are you still shooting now or no? You're shooting now? Yeah, we're going until March.
1: We started shooting in February and we were going till March of twenty twenty two. Yeah. This is
0: what season twelve, right?
1: Uh, it, it it's season eleven. Um, but this would have been within the season twelve year. But this is this is technically season eleven.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I mean, you know, there's eleven seasons of a of a series of any type is like a long, long, super long run. I mean, I, I, I was blessed to get 17 years for my talk show. Yeah, you know, But when it comes to dramatic series, come on, man. 11 years is like a super long time. 12 years is a super long time. How many more years you think you guys got?
1: Um, as far as our main show goes, this is our final season. So season 11 is our final season, but we're going to have, there's a new show coming out. Um, we have some, uh, uh, movies coming out uh there's two other uh and then there's two other current spinoffs uh fear the walking dead and walking dead world beyond um and then there's actually sorry there's gonna be two new shows coming out apparently and then uh uh and then the movies so though the main show is gonna be gone they're gonna walking dead i think is gonna have some life in it for quite a while
0: absolutely i think you know um you know you guys got a really huge boost from that uh Movie that Brad Pitt was in, um, uh-huh. Z World War Z, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I, I can see why they would want to go ahead and do a movie about you rather than about that. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, I, yeah. It's you want. It's.
0: Are you it's, in, so in the movies?
1: movie? Uh, Second.
0: Are you going to be in the movies?
1: Um, don't think so. I don't think I'll be in those movies. But the um, we don't know. Pretty much anyone that's on our show right now, we do not know what will happen. That's been the one thing that's never changed. We never know.
0: It's wow.
1: Like everything feels good. And then they're like, Hey, so, um, this is going to be your last episode. And you're like, <laughs> cool. Thank you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, man. That's, that's, that's terrible. getting that down. What's been the one thing that you've loved the most about this show?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, the, uh, from working on the show, it's, you can't, I mean, the the actors that we get for this show have to be able to handle, uh, the extreme temperatures while wearing the long jackets. Um, and we all, it, there's this thing that they go on about like called the walking dead family. And we are all very, very close with each other. And sometimes we, uh, sometimes we're, we're loving every moment. And sometimes we're just covered in you know dirt, having things like rattle us a little bit. And then we love that too. It, it's, but it's, uh, It takes an intensity. Um, And as a boom operator, I was on so many, so many shows. Uh, And this, and Walking Dead is the one where it doesn't feel like there's a, like, like I don't know, I want to call it like a divide. You know, like sometimes it feels like the actors, we stay separated from everyone else. Um, And this one, it feels like everyone is immersed. Everyone gets along. Like, uh, if I want to, you know, I'll have my camera friends a little bit. Hey, Cooper, just twist your head a little bit. And when you look over, you know and then they'll just they'll just help out with shots uh you know if there's like a uh you know if like props are running out you know or running out of time and we're running out of daylight you know you'll see actors like putting their things back and and trying to just help as as much as we can It's a super helpful set um we all love being there and it it's just sort of fun to feel like these dirty badasses uh we're always covered <laughs> always covered in dirt or blood
0: <laughs> oh, crazy. You now off the set, off the set, you spend a lot of time visiting with fans at fan conventions and things, right? Yes, yes. And somebody told me that you you are a baker of your own, uh, uh, right? You you work on <laughs> you make cobbler?
1: I do, yes. Tell me about uh, this. Where did this start? So uh my character uh, <laughs> uh when our when our, our characters are first introduced on the show, and this is in the beginning of season seven, uh one of the main characters at the time, she was like, oh, still is uh, uh, Melissa McBride, but she goes, you guys have cobbler? And one of the people are like, we have cobbler at every meal. And uh, there's this scene where I'm eating, I'm eating peach cobbler, which looked great. It was just, you're just (laughs) chugging corn syrup. And you're like, oh, my throat's burning.
0: Right. uh, Yeah. Mm.
1: Right here. And, Mm. uh, uh, but my mom uh she makes for my birthday she makes this thing called uh, a raspberry mountain pie and uh it's a raspberry cobbler and first convention i'd ever done i was like you know what i think cobblers need to be brought because i know how conventions are i mean i'm I'm a fan of things and you know people wait in these lines for a long time so when people show up i always have cobbler w- <laughs> waiting for them uh and they're eating it so uh if they're in atlanta i will make Oh geez, Uh, but it's not just me. It's uh, me and my wife, my mom. uh, uh, We will make uh, sixty cobblers or so, just stacks, and I just and they'll all be gone. They'll all be gone, and we'll just give it out to people. And um, you know, and my favorite is when uh, uh, little kids, when you give them cobbler, and they're like, I don't know. It's like give it a shot. It's good, and there's only more. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. to say they love it.
0: And they got to be surprised coming from you, right?
1: Oh yeah, it's 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 always fun. I'm I, I always be like, you're really not going to eat cobbler that I'm giving you,
0: that? And they're like, oh. <laughs> especially that you made, huh?
1: Oh yeah, I made this. I was up, and I'll you know I'll be up. There'd be there'd be days where um I gotta stop kicking this thing. Um, there'll be days where I would uh uh we would film. Uh, we'd be filming to maybe like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I'd get home. I'd start baking cobbler, um, so that would be ready uh, by the next morning. Um, and I would, you know, I'd get maybe like an hour of sleep because I want to be like, gotta make the cobbler, gotta make the cobbler
0: to take it to the set.
1: Take yeah, well, to, to take it to the uh to the fan conventions. Gotcha. Um, and I, you know, I'd actually, I, I brought, uh, I brought, I'd bring cobbler at the at the end of the season. I'll bring cobbler uh, for everyone to eat. Um, so is <laughs> I just like feeding people.
0: Oh, that's sure. fun. fun, gotta be fun. Yeah, well, that's the what is the quickest way to a person's heart, right? Through their stomach. Yes. <laughs> there you go, for sure. So now, now you have become a cannabis advocate, right? Yes, yes. And and what what got you, you're and I, I don't say it being a, with any kind of uh you no know, aspersion, you're a little later to the game, you didn't yeah. start experiencing cannabis until what about three years ago, four years ago.
1: Uh I, I actually always equate to after my first season of Walking Dead. So I was 31, about uh, 31, uh, a few months shy of 32 when I uh when I started doing cannabis. And it was <laughs> there's a few things that were happening, but uh mainly um I had pulled I pulled a hamstring. So it's, it's a little funny story, but uh uh my buddy on the show, Kari Payton super fast and we're running after these bad guys and I and I used to run <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like oh we're sprinting I'll show you a sprint one two three and Bye. then I'm like limping and there's this massive bruise just super painful and um uh at that point I was like you know what I'm just you know I don't like I'm I'm I don't want to put any more like advils or Tylenols in my mouth I'm just and uh you know started smoking um, and how relaxed it got me. Now, the thing about, the thing about, uh, uh, the thing about marijuana in my mind is that a lot of people want to just use it and think it's by itself, um, when it comes to certain healing, um, not all things, but when it comes to certain healing that if you just do, if you just smoke, then it's going to fix it. But it allows your head to sort of focus on what you need to, what you need to take care of in a way. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's
0: a lot, there's some information that's come out some really recent studies that talks about the fact that not only does it have a physiological effect, but it has more of a psychological effect, not necessarily reducing the pain physiologically, but it allows your brain to deal with and cope with the pain in a different way. So therefore it lets you heal faster because you recognize that you're in pain. It's not so overwhelming, but then you will go about doing the things that you need to do to make the pain subside. Like you'll ice down. I I know people who will tell me that they will, you know, that they, if they smoke a little bit, they can ice for three or four hours rather than just, you know, 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. You can, you can, you can take it a little more. And it, and also because uh, it was, is my hamstring, but let's say it was like an injury here. Right. Mm When without without weed, it would feel like all oh, this hurts. I'm like, oh, this all hurts. But then as I as I'm more affected, I'm like, oh, it's right here. This is the area. This is sore, but this is all secondary. The source, the source is here. Um, and you're able to if you can just listen past everything. And some you know, you know, whenever you know, I tell people uh when they get to that moment, like, well I can't focus. It's like You have to try, like there's some, there's some fun that can definitely happen, but if you can focus on what it's actually trying to do for you right now, you can really heal yourself a lot faster, calm yourself, um, uh, in ways that I didn't think I could, you know, you know, just with anxiety and just, uh, just pressures that you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know why it's coming, but then when you, uh, the same with the pain, you can start compartmentalizing everything. Um, if you can just listen to what your body is telling you with the help of uh, cannabis, you
0: know? yeah, very, very perceptive. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think a lot of people think that you know just by consuming cannabis, all of a sudden you lose your brain. You're not gonna be able to focus. You're not gonna be able to think. Yeah. You know, you're really running off. But honestly, if you train your mind while on cannabis to continue to focus, you almost hyperfocus. Yeah. Um. And and that's the reason why they they've there's been several studies about people who drive. Um, and I'm not recommending it to any of my listeners that are watching, but you yeah. know, there's a lot of studies out there that talk about the fact that people actually who are consuming cannabis have less car accidents than people who are consuming alcohol because it does make you hyper I And mean, One of the things that most cannabis, driver, cannabis people who drive do is drive a little bit too slow. They will drive slower because they're paying attention to everything that's going on, making sure that they don't miss something. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and everything's like, no, no, no. I'm staying on these lines. I'm looking at these lines. Um, it reminds me of, uh, um, uh, it was a black sheep, uh, with Chris Farley. it's like, do you know how the cop pulls him over? Like, you know how fast you were going? 64, 70, seven, <laughs> seven miles an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny cause I, I, uh, and I, have admitted it and talked to people. I've probably, um, I've not gone a day since 2001 and a half without using cannabis myself. And You know, I've done multiple dramatic series with uh, appearances, and people have asked me, "Well, how do you remember your lines?" And it's really weird, but you know, uh, if I'm not on cannabis, I don't remember them that well. But when I am on cannabis, I just they they're like that because again, you hyper focus, you hyper, you you think to yourself, "Oh, I don't want to lose this," so therefore you study a little bit harder and you focus in on it hard enough that it comes right out when you when you go to deliver.
1: That's actually yes i learned so many lines i've learned um certain performances i've been uh you know now i don't always do it when i'm filming but depending on what it is um sometimes because there's you take i mean there's a level where even now if you take you know three hits it's not it it's different i i tell if you can get yourself to a level where one hit isn't going to affect your mind too much and it's just it's in you I i i explain it uh like it's like taking your vitamins, you know, you don't, I don't eat, you know, a whole bunch of Flintstone gummy chews though. That would be delicious. The, I do the, I'll just do, you know, like a hit and then it's like, okay, that just brings it down. Um, I'm doing a project right now that I I, I can't talk about but I'm super excited about, but, um, uh, doing a cartoon right now. And sometimes before I go in your, your throat, uh, you know, just to get range, um, I'll do, uh, I'll maybe take you know one or two and then it's i'll feel more relaxed and then it just lets me be able to get to these highs and lows uh within a performance
0: absolutely i mean well i mean we can look back in time and look at some of the most creative people in our history even albert einstein I mean, you know, people use cannabis way more than people think. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, you know, all yeah. of our forefathers. You oh, know, yeah, are, for sure. So people need to understand that, you know, it doesn't, it, matter of fact, it, it probably accentuates creativity, and um, especially when you look on the music industry. Come on. You know, music and science over the course of the last 50 years. I mean, I think that's where a lot of that creativity comes from. It allows you to focus but also be creative and think outside of your own little narrow space.
1: I believe, uh, yes, I I, I believe it takes out, um, unless you're already, unless you have a really big ego, but I do believe it takes out kind of any ego you have. Um, I love playing piano, not good at it, but I play it every day. Um, And I got over the, the missteps I, I wouldn't get angry about it it's like okay it still sounds cool how can we make that better you know and you just you'll try and focus on you know just trying to work a few you know a few chords and and, and notes and it 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 takes out that um that aggression and that you might have with yourself that frustration that you'll get uh, you, uh like example like if you're like trying to fold like little bits of paper or whatever and then it's, it's just not doing it right that's a story in itself, but, but, mm. uh, uh, but meticulous things, you know, things that you might, that might normally frustrate you, um, uh, marijuana takes that out. It, it, and
0: what, before you actually use it, what were your, what were some of your attitudes about it before you used it? How about uh, uh, growing up? What was the attitude about it?
1: Oh man, I was, uh, um, I did not inform myself. I was completely against it. Um, I was, uh, mainly because it was illegal. Um, that was my, my, my biggest, my biggest thing. And it, I was afraid I, you know, and, and the people that did it, uh, uh, you know, when I was in high school and everything, they were, you know, they'd have the hoodies up, they'd be in a corner, they'd be skipping class, they'd be smoking out of a dirty soda can. And it just always looked really unattractive on how they did it. I'm like, is this what you want it to like? I don't want to be that. Um, but I realized just who, you know, at my age, that was my worldview of it. You know, I, you know, the, the kids that skip class and uh, you know, would just go out by, you know, by a tree and like just smoke under, you know, smoke under out of a soda can. They'd all be huddled up. And it was, they always looked sick. They always looked tired. And it just, it just made me want to, you know, I was like, Oh, I never want to, I never want to do that. Um, and then it became the more I got into uh, into Hollywood the more i realize i'm like oh wow that person that person smokes weed and the, and i realized that you know had people start teaching me it's like it's not about getting messed up it's not about it's not about that you know which can be fun but like i never liked i i even now i probably drink maybe once a year um at this point i'm i've, I've never liked alcohol um again uh bringing back you know from my dad uh, when he was younger and uh, you know my just I was afraid of something happening when I drank and um and with uh, uh but with, with weed, you know, I was I was so nervous of also becoming, you know, like maybe I don't, you know, all the, you know, the ideas I want, I want to work in film, I want to be able to do stunts, I want to be able to do all these things, but weed might hold me back and um and I think you have to have a little bit of an understanding of yourself um before you start before you start using it. Um I think is what what helped me kind of with my mindset. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think if people people come to it not because they're trying to escape something, but they're trying to accentuate something yes. or trying to find out more about themselves, I think that's a whole different approach. If you're going to weed to, to cannabis because you're trying to avoid things, you're trying to yes. cover things up, I think that's where some of the problems are. And and you know, and yes. then you know that perception that. Has been this stereotype perception of people who smoke has been around for such a long time that even though there are way more people out there than we think of that you know of that you could even consider some of the top business people in this country are consumers of cannabis and and but yet they're afraid to speak out because they don't want to have people stigmatize them but they still use it and right. you know so there's the, it's not that that devil lettuce that people used to call it right. <laughs>
1: It will not. Yeah, it's not there to corrupt. It it is a thing, though, where, um, like, like, like you just brought up. You know, when people try to escape with it, and they try to hide uh, from their problems using using cannabis, that's when problems start really arising. Uh, People that get, oh, they're always like, oh, I'm so paranoid. You know, I always get so paranoid. It's like, well, let's talk about that. What's going on that's making you paranoid in in general? And
0: and they're probably the person that was paranoid whether or not they were doing cannabis or not. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I've always, whenever I I meet somebody who says, oh, it just makes me so paranoid, I think to myself, well, you were always paranoid anyway. I thought that was going to relax you a little bit. (laughs) But, you know, but again, if you enter the equation and enter the conversation saying, you know what, I am going to let this try to calm me down. Rather than enter the conversation saying, I think if I smoke that, I'm going to get really, really paranoid. You set your brain up for being paranoid.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and it's and that's when I tell people, um, then don't, you know, you don't. It's like, I, and, and, you know, whenever I, and it's funny to me, because I, if I ever offer marijuana to somebody, I never do it as a, hey, you want marijuana? It's more of a, oh, I'm making some tea would you like to smoke as well? And, and people always get, uh, Oh, no, thank you. I'm like, it's cool. I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to share it. It's fine. <laughs> you know? right, yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm, I'm not, forcing nothing. I'm not going to force a good time on you.
1: Exactly.
0: We're almost out of time. So I want right. to know, is, is there anything you're working on it that you can talk about that you want to tell us is going on?
1: Well, in, in a few weeks we start up Shazam too. Um, and I'm super excited about that because uh, uh, we have uh, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu uh, are have joined the cast. Um, Shazam!
0: Yes. Wait. You I, that wow! I forgot you were in that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know I like that movie. It was great. <laughs> so oh, yeah, Shazam Two is coming.
1: Shazam Two is coming. It's uh, it it's it's bringing out more of the family. It's there's uh. There's a lot of fun stuff, but it's made with really, really good people. Um I, I've been very lucky career wise that I've worked with so many really friendly, uh just really sweet people. Um the only thing I'm disappointed is all those kids are gonna be taller than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. That's that's happening. You're filming that now?
1: Uh yeah, we start in two weeks. Yeah.
0: That's cool. And then anything else? You, anything else on the plate?
1: we got well we're like i said we're gonna be shooting walking dead till uh till the end of march uh um or or sometime in march i don't know when in march uh and uh whether i'm alive though that's always a (laughs) that's always a question and um but yeah this uh this cartoon that uh i'm working on which i can't talk about yet is is gonna be super awesome uh but, yeah, there's some fun things. There's fun things coming. I'm really excited about the movie and really excited about the final season.
0: Well, I got to tell you, when both of those things are ready to hit, man, man you, you have a home here if you want to come back and talk about it. For sure, we'll blow them up as much as you can for it.
1: I would love to. I would absolutely love to.
0: Absolutely. And where, where do you live?
1: Uh, I live in Atlanta. Um, yeah, this is Jordan. Oh, got it.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah. So sometime I, maybe after to get down, I was in Atlanta. Hmm. Right before COVID, I flew down Atlanta and did an episode of um, um, Wild and Out with Nick Cannon. <laughs> which, oh, was, yeah. which was That's a trip. Funny. Yeah, if I knew you were there, I would, would have to drop by and uh, spread a little cheer.
1: If you, if you, uh, when next time you are in town, though, I will have so much cobbler for you. So, oh my
0: goodness, and I will definitely eat it, my friend. If people wanted to follow you or get a hold of you, want to give us a shout out to where they could find you. you're your um, uh,
1: a uh, smug orange, S M U G orange. It's named smug- after a, a pet orange. I had when I was 23, we kept in the fridge for four years.
0: <laughs> yeah. It started to start turning into a tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. So people to find me, I can't thank you enough cool, for being a part of the show and thank you for being an advocate on oh. cannabis and speaking out and letting people know the truth.
1: It's, it's, it's a truth. I really want people to know more about before the, they just have to realize too much can, can make it unpleasant. And, you know, but just enough can, can really just help you vibe better in, in the world, I think.
0: And I'm, And you've been doing well, you and your family have been doing well through this whole COVID crisis.
1: We have been We're yeah. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we're really fortunate, but I love living in Georgia. So I have a, I have like a Creek and some rock faces I can relax on. And uh, I just get lost in the nature and we just do hikes and stuff.
0: Well man, that's great, my friend. Well, again, you always have a home here whenever you want to come back, especially if you want to be able to let us know what you're doing. And sure. I gotta tell you, my fans are and my my viewers are really gonna love this interview. So I gotta thank you so much for being a part of Let's Be Blunt with Montel today and make sure you guys at home, make sure you keep tuning in to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also. So please send us your comments.